Welcome to the Six Figure Product Biz Podcast. I'm Carrie, a product-based business coach. I started, scaled, and sold a successful multi-six-figure e-commerce business, and now I love teaching entrepreneurs like you how to start, grow, and scale your dream product business. I'm obsessed with all things marketing, e-commerce, and business, and I cannot wait to share all my secrets with you. I also love all things dogs and coffee. Each week, you'll learn step-by-step tangible strategies to help you scale to the next level in your business, skyrocket your sales and traffic, reach more customers, and gain greater visibility in your business. Because I know you don't want to waste your time or energy trying to figure it out all on your own, but you want the business growth roadmap so you can create a profitable product business that gives you the life you love. Whether you're thinking of starting a product biz or scaling yours, this podcast is the secret sauce to making all those dreams come true. So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 35 of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. Today's episode is such an awesome one. We have Megan Williamson, who is a Pinterest strategist. So Megan has the biggest Pinterest marketing membership program. She works with VAs. She works with businesses to help them with Pinterest strategy. She's literally one of like the OG pinners. She's been blogging for years. She's just amazing. Someone who I really look up to. She's just such an interesting person. I actually was in one of her programs last year and absolutely love Megan. So interesting. So much to offer. Um, So thrilled to have her on the podcast talking all things Pinterest and why your product business needs to be using Pinterest. So before we dive into this episode, I also want to briefly talk about my summer marketing workshop series. So for the next few weeks, we have a series of marketing focused workshops. So we have Instagram content planning, Instagram sales, how to sell on Instagram, um, email marketing, how to create your promotional and nurturing content promotions and campaigns. We have product photography, how to DIY and how to find an affordable photographer. And then last but not least, influencer marketing 101, how to work with influencers, how to collaborate with them on a budget, how to get amazing product photos from them. You can check out the notes below for the link. Uh, They are $57 each or you can grab the bundle for $1.99. So if you are interested, they're going to be amazing summer workshop series. Even if the workshops have already passed at this point, you can still grab the all access pass where you can get access to all of the workshops and you save a lot of money over a hundred dollars. So for more information, click the link below in the notes. And I hope to see you at the summer workshop series and then grab your coffee, grab an extra large glass of wine. Cause this, ama- this episode is going to be absolutely amazing. Welcome, Megan. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, Welcome. And before we kind of start off jumping into all things Pinterest, can you just tell everyone a little bit about you and how you ended up having a Pinterest focused business? Sure. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Well, it was sort of, I'm an accidental entrepreneur in the truest, you know, sense of the definition in that I'm actually, my background is as an educational psychologist. So I worked in educational and school psychology for 10 years. That was my dream for as long as I can remember, I wanted to work with children. But when I was 29, I have to remember exactly how old I was a while ago. I was living in uh, Northern Ireland in the United Kingdom. And 
I couldn't get a job. And so at that time, although I had the qualifications to work in the country, I was classic type A that I was like, you know, it was very romantic to move over there, but there's only so many like, you know, sheep fields that you can walk through and quaint Irish, you know, activities that you can engage in. And I started getting really bored. I had always been very tech savvy. So I actually decided my partner at the time, who I'm still very good friends with, but we're no longer together was like, Hey, you should start a blog. Like you love, you read a lot of blogs. You're very good on computers. So it became this like challenge for me to learn how to create a website. So from that, I started a blog and through that, that like personal passion project, I started working with, um, well, I I created a huge network of bloggers, but also started working with brands Mm -hmm. at the time. Pinterest was just rolling out like brand new beta platform that I just instantly loved. I have to say that like Instagram wasn't a thing. So it didn't even exist. Facebook was used, but not really for the purposes of promotion. And so I found that I just, I don't know, I just like, I loved it as a person. Like I could, I could find recipes or travel inspiration or how to decorate my home as an unemployed person, right? Or like even tech stuff. So I started kind of planning a lot of my life on Pinterest and doing a lot of dreaming there. And it caught the eye of quite a few different business owners that they were interested how I was using it as a blogger because they saw the potential as a business owner. So of course, like fast forward, I came back to Canada got back my old job. And so blogging and content creation and social media were just like a fun side project. And really, it was about eight years ago that people started saying, hey, you seem to really understand Pinterest. Could you teach us how to use it? Total imposter syndrome. I was like, who am I to teach them? Although I did at that time have 80 or 90,000 followers. So like I had a lot of followers, but Oh, yeah. Like I always I grew a big following on Pinterest very quickly. I I think just I had an eye for curation. And um, so I started trying to figure out like as a non a person in a not like I didn't have a background in marketing. I, I didn't want to say, oh, yeah, I can come teach a workshop when I was like, well, what if I what I know doesn't work for other people? And that's where I kicked off my journey of just like I started providing consultation, running workshops, sort of teaching people about how Pinterest works. And fast forward to now I have like, you know, a very successful business. I don't work um, a regular job anymore. And the rest, like it just sort of all happened by accident. Although when I do talk to people that I used to work with or people who know me, they're like, oh, Megan, we always knew that you were destined to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't have that same self-reflection. I guess I've always just been somebody who likes taking on a lot of projects and figuring out how to solve problems. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. I love it. Well, I, number one, I think this story that you just told is super interesting. I have to also mention that I I didn't know that you, I didn't know about the Northern Ireland part of you. And I've also, I've actually been there. Um, yeah. I've been to Ireland like multiple times and I, so I lived in Australia. I feel like we have like lots of random things in common. Yeah, we do. (laughs) When I was in my early, early twenties and I got a work visa with my roommate from college and like instantly we met these two people there in our hostel and the girl was from Northern Ireland. The guy ended up being like, the guy ended up dating my, my 
friend that I went to Australia with and the girl, me and her became like BFFs. Oh my gosh. In Ireland. And so after I got back from Australia, I went to visit her um, and she lived in Belfast and we yeah. went to see all the murals and just like, yeah. so I, I love that. And yeah, Ireland is really cool. I've been to um, like, you know, the other parts of Ireland, I think like three times. So yeah, it's a, cool. it's a beautiful country, but it is re- a real culture shock from a well, so many different perspectives from a life perspective, like it really it's an island, right? So it's isolated. Yeah. I found that as a foreigner, um, and I don't know, like, you know, I live in a very metropolitan, very diverse city, where, you know, you jump in a cab, you start talking to your cab driver, or even like, you know, someone running a cafe, and they'll say, like, I was a doctor in my country, I was, I was a successful accountant. And you're like, I think as a younger person, I'd always be like, gosh, that's so like, it's so hard to imagine that you left your left your country you used to have this completely different job. And now you are in the service industry. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just a huge difference. And I actually felt that like I, and I, of course, I still have a lot of privilege. Like I, you know, I didn't face racism or oppression in the same way, but like I couldn't, I would apply for jobs that I was overqualified for and they wouldn't even call me. And like, it was, and it was very, very strange for me that I like went there and nobody, I couldn't get a job for the life of me in the work that I was trained to do. But it also showed me that when like push comes to shove, like, you know, what could I do? And so I started working online when a lot of people weren't in the online space. Cause I was like, I have to figure out a way to make money. Like this is not sustainable. What am I going to do? And it just shows you how resilient people are who immigrate and have to start over and don't have their, like, don't have their qualifications or schooling, um, recognized. And, and I had, you know, my, my experience with that was very like 1% of what other people would experience, but it was really hard and upsetting to go from having like a valuable job and, you know, always employable to like, I couldn't even get through the door for an interview. (laughs) Oh, I love it. It's also humbling, you know, Um, Very. I Mm -hmm. I feel like I was similar, although I didn't, when I went to Australia, I didn't have any career. I had graduated college. I did marketing and communications and I was like looking for jobs, couldn't find one. And I ended up doing the most random jobs you could ever imagine. I feel like that's probably a different conversation than (laughs) a whole nother podcast episode, AKA like cleaning toilets and five-star resorts in Australia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that also teaches you something, right? Like you said, it's very humbling because it just shows you too, that like, you know, there's a, there's a, when you move to a new country, even if it is a country where, you know, you grew up speaking English or, and it's an English speaking country, it doesn't mean that you are, it's going to be the same. And it's good because it teaches you like, how can I start over? How can I adapt? How can I be resilient? Maybe this, those were like early exercises in resiliency for you and I as entrepreneurs. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So let's dive into Pinterest. So, I, you know, I love Pinterest. Um, I actually, for those of you listening, I was actually in one of Megan's group coaching programs, I think like a little more than a year ago, Mm -hmm. Um, I was offering Pinterest services for my marketing company and um, I don't really offer those anymore, but I loved her program and I, she's just amazing. So we can, we can (laughs) say that. Um, And she's so good with Pinterest and helping people learn Pinterest and helping businesses, you know, implement Pinterest to grow their business. So let's kind of like switch gears to talk about why, like, and I feel like you probably get this all the time. Why Pinterest? And, 
if you want to maybe just talk, chat a little bit about why an e-commerce or product business should be using Pinterest. Like I know why. Yeah, really <laughs> yeah sure. Like still I, well, I get that question a lot, especially when I would go to events and people would say, or even like yesterday, I saw someone post a question in my Facebook community that was like, I'm brick and mortar you know, can, you know, convince me why I should use, I should use Pinterest. And thankfully through my years of experience, I really have, I have yet to meet a business owner who can't use Pinterest in some way. I think as business owners, when you have any sort of business and this isn't limited just to e-commerce or product, but I think that we have to think about how people discover our businesses. So when we think about social media marketing or marketing or advertising in general, like there's either organic or paid. And a lot of people when they're starting out or especially in the first few years, they might be, they might not have the mobility or liquidity to invest in paid advertising. So then you say, okay, let's look at organic and really like the world is our oyster. And I know that you carry, you talking about this all the time, but I think because I came from a blogging background where the content came first and storytelling was so important for products. And this is how it links to this idea of e-commerce and selling or selling physical products is that you have to think about what your promotional vehicles are going to be and what ends up happening. And I don't think anyone ever means to do this is, but they often venture into the easy yeses right away. So we often think of that as being Instagram or Facebook for certain businesses. I know like, you know, there's sort of these like things that you should or have to places you have to be. And it's sort of a no brainer. Yep. Instagram. Yep. Facebook. But I think what people don't recognize early on, especially when you're just learning all the things is the importance of diversifying how people can discover your products or your business and to look at aspects that don't require you to be so physically or, you know, everyday engaged. And so when we think of that, we often use the term like passive. I don't really know if anything is a hundred percent passive, right? Like as business owners, like you still have to put the time in to set it up and make sure it's running appropriately. But very early on, what I realized is I loved blogging. I didn't love feeling like I had to be in a Facebook group every day or on Instagram every day. And I feel like when I personally think about my own business or when I used to help people like you, like from a bigger, higher up marketing perspective. So I used to oversee the, you know, the Facebook, Facebook and Instagram and the blogging is that the first thing to go for me personally was the things that required me to be in and on every day. But the things that kept driving me the most traffic were things like search. So Google search um, and using uh, search traffic and Pinterest traffic. And the commonality is that they're both search engines. So what I also love is that the user intent is different. So sometimes it can feel like when we're on social media platforms, we're like shouting, like, look at me, look at my amazing product. I have the best subscription box. I have the best, but you're like, who's watching like your aunt may, or your like stepmom, like, right. Like my stepmom, bless her love my stepmom. She like sees my ads or she like comments on that. And, uh, you know, I really, I really appreciate her support, but you're kind of like, sometimes you feel like you're, you're shouting or talking about your products, but no one's listening. What I love is I always struggled. And I think a lot of people do, especially when you first start working in this world is marketing that doesn't feel icky, but also not feeling like 
a traveling salesperson who's like, hey, buy this thing that you don't need. I never wanted to feel like that. And so when I consider search traffic, uh, whether it be like Pinterest or YouTube or Google, it's like they're already looking for us. We're just helping them find us. So that's the big thing that I like to share with people is one, diversify your traffic because I don't want to scare people. But if something happened to one, like your major place, say if you were very influential on YouTube or very influential on TikTok or Pinterest or Instagram, what would happen if that disappeared tomorrow? Mm -hmm. So how would people continue to be able to buy your product? How would they find you and fall in love with your products? Then also the idea that, Things like Pinterest and search traffic, they're they're a natural fit for me because the people that are there are already looking for us. We're just helping them find us through our amazing content. So it's like the user intent is that they're searching and in discovery mode. And I love that. So that feels a little bit less, you know, it feels like I'm getting more bang for my buck or my my hour, if you will. Yeah, no, I love that. And that's such a good point. And I I literally, when you were saying they're already looking for us, we're just helping them or we're... I'll have to go listen to this again, but <laughs> looking for us, but we're helping them like find it. I think that's so important for people to understand because it's true. Pinterest is a search engine and Pinterest also helps you show up on Google. So when yeah. someone goes to Google and they're searching for, you know, best dog subscription box or, you know, heavy tour dog toys, you're, you want your stuff to show up. And if you are on Pinterest, that's actually going to help you show up on Google as well as Pinterest. So, but yeah, I love all the stuff that you just said. It was really, really spot on. And like, as a former, you know, product business owner, Pinterest was a great place for my business, for people to discover me and people to find me. And, you know, just what you were talking about, if you lost one of your main channels, what would you do? That actually just happened to a client of mine. no. Yeah. It's one of my clients who I do a lot of their marketing for them. And because of a weird trademark issue, their Instagram got shut down. They had 11,000 followers (gasps) and literally like gone. Yeah. Just like that. Here's the thing. Yep. It wasn't not, they didn't do anything. It was not their fault. Instagram is not helpful in that capacity. Like I love Instagram, but they don't care about you at all. And so I love that you're talking about like diversifying traffic channels, customer acquisition, and keeping your business safe because Instagram can and will shut your account off and it's gone. And here's the deal for my client. The reason that it's more of a headache and not a catastrophe is because of few things. One, Pinterest currently drives about 90% of their, oh, wow. 90% of their social traffic is from Pinterest. So for us, like, yes, it stinks and sales are mm-hmm. down, but they, we're still getting sales because we have an email list. We have Pinterest. We show up on Google search everywhere for things. Cause we've built, Amazing. I keep saying it's our business. We've built, <laughs> I do the marketing well, business, it's so a I, collaborative I thing. My business. Yeah. yeah. I've set up a lot of the things. So if one channel does like get deleted, we have other ways to get to people. So it's such an important thing for people to understand because it can happen to any account and anyone. Anyone, you could have 1,000 yeah. followers, 100,000. Mm-hmm. I think what I just want to like what you just said, what I was thinking the whole like when you were chatting and sharing that awful story that I don't wish upon anyone, but it's sort of like sometimes we have to plan for what would happen if, and of course, you never, it's just like insurance. You yeah. don't want to have to use your car insurance. You don't want to have to, you know, ever do those things, but it's like those what ifs. And there is a small chance it could happen to you. It happens to more people than you realize, but 
what, when you were speaking, what it made me think of instantly was like, like you said, like it sucks. One thing is, is gone, but there's other methods and channels for people to discover the company and to make purchases. And that's, what's really important is that it was part of the ecosystem, Mm -hmm. not the only thing. And I think you, I hear that all the time too. Like a lot of recently, there's been a lot of Facebook ad accounts getting shut down. I don't, there's like, I don't know what's going on. And it's the same thing. There's no support. It's like done and dusted. And so these business owners who have relied very heavily, put all their eggs in that one basket, they are all freaking out about what do I do? And so now they're like, oh, like Google, Google ads, Pinterest, Pinterest (laughs) ads. And they're sort of realizing, you know what? you know, maybe I shouldn't have invested all of my resources um, in terms of my marketing into just one channel because those things are fragile. It is all, I, I hate using this term, but it is rented real estate. Like it's a privilege that we get to use those things and, and they can be taken away in one click. So so sad. It's very sad and scary, but yeah, I, I feel like I preach this every single day to people that you have to be on more than one channel and yeah, especially things like I always tell people make, put your eggs in the baskets that help you show up on Google. Mm. You know, Google is what's going to help you grow your business. So you don't have to rely on ads. You don't have to show up on Instagram every day. And those things are Pinterest, SEO, YouTube, like those yeah. are the three things. The best part of Pinterest is that it really kind of intertwines with SEO and it helps you show up in Google. So yeah, they all work together. Right. And that's another yeah. thing is like, what networks or channels can you use that actually work together really beautifully? And I have the same experience, like those three things all work really well together. Or even if you, you know, if Instagram, you know, I use Instagram, you use Instagram. It's part of a lot of business marketing plans. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I love Instagram. You know, Facebook is a very necessary evil, but like, how can these things work together? So if something happened, I work with a woman, um, she has a massive Facebook following. She does regular lives. She has a boutique and sells physical products. She also has a coaching program. And so she, she started to realize she started to really worry because she was making a lot of her sales through her Facebook lives and her regular, like her community engagement there. And she said to me, you know what, Megan, I'm really scared because if that was gone tomorrow, I would, I 70% of my revenue would be gone. And I don't want to get to that point. What can we be doing more on Pinterest to promote my physical products and to continue to grow my audience? And I think it's just like, you know, like that's a smart business move. You didn't know what you didn't know. And like often if one of, if we have success, like I have success on Pinterest, I have 124,000 followers, but I would never put all my eggs in that basket, right? Like I, I look at different places and how to get more out of my content. And so that if Pinterest disappeared tomorrow, that I would still be able to make my business. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's smart to do that. And I like that Facebook, the story that you just told about the lady with the Facebook group and all that, because it is like, there could be something that could happen and you want to have, you know, setting your business up on more than one place. So it makes sense. And then in terms of just Pinterest and so a lot of questions that people ask me all the time, I get a lot of different questions. One is like, why should I use Pinterest? What's the benefit? But two, they say, what do I post or not? Mm. Post? What do I pin? Um, what kind of mm-hmm. content? 
if I sell products, like what do I post? So why do I keep saying post? But do it's the same thing, right? Like pin post. That's because that's what we're used to saying. (laughs) I think so. Anything about like, what do people post? I think it is a little bit like, you know, when you're, um, especially it depends on like how your business started. And I think that sometimes product sellers or um, e-commerce based businesses, they do struggle a little bit more about how to adapt their business models for Pinterest. And what I've seen over the years, and this has always been true, even with all the changes that coming out of Pinterest, is that businesses that heavily lean into their content and their content marketing plan. So instead of letting a particular platform drive what you do in terms of your content planning, it's much smarter to actually focus how you can create content that drives instead of it going like outward. So like, you know, that you're, you're creating content just for Instagram and then thinking about your other stuff afterwards. I personally believe that you should be creating content for your website and it drives what you put onto social media platforms. So Pinterest has always loved product-based businesses that focus on creating content that is is like, you know, we use the term blogging. I don't really care what you call it, but content that naturally is a platform for storytelling, for solving problems. So talking about, and this is like, I have lots and lots of stories about this, about consultations or even long-term projects, but people who sell physical products and they're like, well, I'm going to create a blog post talking about like a new a new scrunchie. Um, I know that you have, you help somebody with their scrunchie um, subscription box. So like, you know, instead of announcing the new line, I would actually do things like talking about like how to care for your scrunchies or how to wash them or how to style a scrunchie or, you know, like there's all these different sort of very unique approaches to understanding what your ideal customer is struggling with or what they're asking themselves. And a blog offers you a unique opportunity to talk about those things. And that's the content that Pinterest loves. So when you think about posting, yes, of course, like when you're pinning, I want you to pin your product. I want you to pin your product collections. But I also want business owners to understand that having a way to put out fresh content that actually solves problems that your people have is just smart marketing because it's going to help you with SEO. So then you're going to get more love from Google. Then it's going to be what you could be posting on Instagram. Or if you do a Facebook Live, you can address the same things. And it allows you to be able to pin content that directly brings people to your website and discuss your product, what makes it different, the range of products that you have, and hopefully turn them into customers, right? So when we when you're an e-commerce business or product-based business, I know it can be kind of difficult. One thing I want to mention is that it's never been more important than it is now to have a blog for your shop because Pinterest favors fresh content. And what the definition of that is, is newly published URLs, pages, posts, products that are on your claim domain, so your website. And so if you're not engaging in a strategy that involves new, you're going to really, your your numbers are going to plummet. So I've had a lot of people reach out to me over the last like six to nine months who have Etsy shops or just their own domain that they sell from. And they'll say, well, you know, I have 10 products but these 10 products they've had for four, three years, two years, a year. So that's technically a, like an old URL, right? Like it's something that they published a year ago. 
And they just keep sharing the same thing over and over again. And Pinterest does not want that. They want you to be contributing to their information bank. So that's some tips I have for people when they're thinking about what to post or pin. Okay. I love it. And then another thing that people ask me all the time is, and I know that you get this question all the time. (laughs) In fact, I probably asked you before. Um, (laughs) How many pins? I know Pinterest is changing like rapidly. Mm. Daily. Yeah. Um, What is the recommended amount of like pins that people should be pinning like per week, per month? And is quality, is it quality over quantity? Yeah. So it used to be like, and this is definitely a, a massive misconception that is like from the olden days that people used to sort of just be like pin factories, like pinning a ton of stuff. Yeah. you know, things from other people, things from their own stuff. And Pinterest has really moved towards quality over quantity. So my recommendation for people, and I hope this makes sense, is the num- there's no perfect number of pins that I can tell any business owner. So like you carry versus one of your clients versus somebody who sends me an email. But how you decide for what number you should be pinning is you want to look at what how can you be consistent? So as a search engine, it rewards consistency. So your level of consistency might be one a day. I might be five a day, or you carry might be 12 a day. But what you want to focus on is regular, fresh, new ideas. Um, So whether that's a new blog post or engaging with creating maybe new pins for pre-existing products or linking if you announce like a new spring line or you have an amazing new summer product coming out, um, you have to sort of think about that and think about how, um, how much regular fresh content you can engage with. So uh, people sometimes ask me like, just to piggyback on it, like, well, how often should I be publishing? Well, personally, like it depends. Like if you're a full-time content creator, you could be putting out a blog post or a podcast episode a week, right? There's other people where, one or two a month is all they can do. And it just really depends on what your system can sustain. But whatever you do, I just want you to commit to being consistent. So if it's one a day, great, do one a day. And Pinterest, and I I learned this directly from a Pinterest engineer, um, is that Pinterest, the way the algorithm is, it's so intelligent, is it knows if you show up and pin two times a day for three weeks or four weeks, it learns this account publishes twice a day. And that is what it will base your, your growth on. So but if you're doing like you're showing up once a month doing or you do five, and then two weeks later, you do, you know, three, it can't figure out what you're doing. (laughs) So whatever you do, be consistent. Think about what you can sustain in terms of fresh content. And remember, like everything that exists on your shop is a potential link. Collections, product listings, your FAQs, if you have any pages about sort of maybe um, maybe you have like a, a diversity initiative or a sustainability initiative or where you donate to or, you know, any anything that is a URL on your shop can be a pin. So create pins for everything that you possibly can claim your website. So verify your, your claim domain, but then also consider your Instagram account and your YouTube account. Cause you can also claim those. So those can also feed your ecosystem. I love that. 
thank you for kind of breaking that down too. Cause I know that a lot of people will ask me, well, what, what do I post? Like how many pins per day? Like there's so much confusion over Pinterest and kind of like rightfully so. Cause even mm-hmm. <laughs> like it changes so often. And I feel like every day there's like a different update and you know, you're so good about having conversations with people from like tailwind and Pinterest directly. So you can get great um, feedback from them, but it definitely changes a lot. So it can be confusing for people. So I know that's yeah. a I get all the time is like, how much per day and what do I post? I think one thing to keep in perspective too. Um, and I try not, I think like my feathers don't get ruffled because it's just been years of this. Um, and I think that one thing to keep in mind is that the platform is changing constantly, whether we like it or not, and it doesn't do us any good, good as business owners to, you know, channel our, Uh, frustrations, like even myself, right? My job is to talk about Pinterest all day. Someone mentioned overnight that a new announcement was showing up in the Pinterest accounts called like saying like our numbers are changing again. And like, you know, we're very sorry, but we're changing our, the Pinterest analytics. And I just had to take a deep breath and think, okay, like you have to remember that social media moves very quickly. There's nothing we can do to control it. And like, it, there are a lot of changes that have happened. And I think that remember that when changes happen, it's because they're trying to improve your buyer's experience on the platform. So Pinterest has made an incredible amount of changes on the platform in the last nine months. And most of those changes are actually to improve the shopper's experience. So shopping surfaces have, um, you know, have increased. The ability to buy is easier. They're trying to make it very easy for merchants and people who sell direct um, digital or physical products that the platform is an easy yes. And so because of that, as business owners, it's like, things are changing and I change is hard no matter what, right? Sometimes we want black and white answers, but unfortunately when things are changing, it's better just to be like, you know what? I can't do anything about that. But what I can do is create some new pins. I can better optimize and do some keyword research. I can clean up my account. I can hop on my Instagram and tell my amazing followers there that they should follow me on Pinterest. Like just think about things you can do that actually move the needle for your, for your business and forget about hopping into a Facebook group and like spending an hour, like writing angry comments about Instagram or Pinterest, because that's not going to help you make any money. It's not right. So like, but go make yourself a nice coffee and do something else. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Can we talk about one thing? So in terms of content, and I do want to talk quickly. Um, I hope you have like a little bit more time. I do. I do. Selling products because Pinterest is a sales channel. It's a legit sales channel that you can add on Shopify. But can we talk about video for Pinterest? Mm. I know for my business. So I, you know, use Pinterest a lot. That's my number one way to generate, um, emails, leads, not leads, but like email, get people into my, um, you know, lead magnets and all that, um, for Mm -hmm. my business, but I repurpose every single, for the most part, every single like Instagram story that I do. If I do a reel, I download it instantly. And I add that to Pinterest and I'll upload it to Pinterest and I'll get like 5,000 views in five minutes. Like it's, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not save, but I forget what the story pin like metric is, but it's crazy. So yeah, talk about the fact that 
is Pinterest prioritizing video content? Yeah, great question, Carrie. So yes, um, the the short answer is yes, video is more important than ever before. So just you just gave like, I feel like I should, I need to record that snippet and replay it because a lot of people are resistant to using video on Pinterest, but the reality is, and like, you're the perfect case study for everyone is that those who are adapting like video, it's undeniable that video is really important on every single channel. We as consumers and as regular people, our ideal customers want to Um, watch video. They want it to be short and helpful and snappy and fun. And, you know, like we're all using video, whether we like it or not. Like I I don't love making video, but it's like part of something that I have. I'm actually right now in the process of going back and creating video pins for every single blog post I've ever written because I started blogging when people, there were video pins weren't even an option on Pinterest. So I'm having a team member go back and create video. And the reason why, and so this is like a hot little secret um, that not many people know about, is that Pinterest had a huge algorithm change last year that prefers video. So one, it noticed that its user base was loving video. They know they're just like us. They know that video is becoming more and more important and video keeps the user base in the app, right? So that's true for all the platforms. So if you are a really smart business owner who's making video for any other platform. So if you're making YouTube videos, think about how you could extract snippets, juicy details, juicy tips, a product review, anything, client user generated content, right? Product reviews, or even going through a collection. I actually was just looking at something, a product, a company that I really want to order from. And then I got retargeted by an ad that was like cycling through their spring and summer collections. And it was literally like they took photos and turned it into like a carousel. And it's the cutest video. It's just like so adorable, right? So like anything, products, videos, anything, user generated reviews, views. Um, and, and when you think about those things that you're creating for Instagram, Facebook, um, Snapchat, um, TikTok, YouTube, think about how you can repurpose it in a meaningful way for Pinterest, because Pinterest is like loving on video right now. And the two formats that you can share video are obviously video pins, but also story pins and story pins are just like Instagram reels, but multi page format. So you can have up to 20 pages and they're meant to keep people in app, teach them something. Um, I actually have a great story that I think will really resonate with your audience that we have a woman who makes these gorgeous dresses. And she said, I'm really struggling with as a product seller, how to create story pins, but I have an idea. So instead of it being like, this is my dress buy my dress, she did um, a like five things to do as a mom for self-care. And what she did was that each, each page of the story pin was a, um, a person who identified as a mother. Like one was like a mom dancing on a couch wearing her dress and then like yeah and so she took pictures from her like product shoots and just put one tip and in every photo was like a woman who clearly looks like a mom doing something and so she said it's like you it really does favor people who think outside the box and it's not just like this is an iced coffee iced coffee has caffeine in it 
it's delicious and it's cold. Like, you know, it's like, we want to like, you know, we want to think outside the box and get creative. And she actually, she posted that at like eight or nine o'clock at night and made a sale before midnight on the dress that was featured in the story pin. So there's definitely an argument for why story pins and video pins are so good. And I also want to let people know that due to the algorithm changes in 2020, video pins are really important for ranking for your particular niche or industry or like whatever your product category is. And that's why I'm going back and creating video pins for every single blog post, even my older ones, as long as they're still, you know, helpful. I'm creating video pins because it's going to help me have more domain and um, authority and rank higher in search on Pinterest, which will help my Google ranking as well. Wow, well, that is a lot. That's I can imagine how many vlogs you have. So that's a lot. Um, but that's <laughs> you just gave me a like a light bulb idea too, because I never thought to do that. And I have a lot of blogs too, not as many as you, but I have stuff from the past like year and a half. So before I even launched my business, I started blogging about like my experience having a subscription business. And mm. like I guess part of me knew I was going to have a business, but I wasn't sure. It was kind yeah. of no, I want to put some stuff out there. Um but now you're giving me ideas of what I can do. But yeah, I have to say for um, one of my e-commerce clients who we do manage their Pinterest, we repurpose everything. <laughs> when it's I so smart though, why not? Everything. Like anytime a customer, um, we have brand ambassadors who will take videos, Amazing. like a clip of a, of a, a person playing with their dog with a toy, a clip of the dog shaking a toy. We yeah. upload all that stuff to Pinterest and it's, I mean, again, I know that we don't like to talk about monthly impressions because that's a vanity metric, but Mm -hmm. they literally get, like I said, 90% of traffic to their website, their blog, their product pages is coming from Pinterest. And I think a huge part of it is because one, um, we create fresh content. We do four blogs per month and they're always around our content pillars. So we have certain things we always uh, talk about. Um, Two, we do lots of like, you know, we address common themes within, this is a pet business, like common mm-hmm. trendy things within the pet industry, the pet, you know, different parts of dogs, um, different products. We do gift guides because we have a lot of different content. It's like endless, right? Like I'm in actually, so like I have, um, I should just this morning. So like I'm part of an alumni group for where we rescued our dog Declan from. And just this morning, like a doggy mom was saying, you know, uh, Barker, Parker or Parker, Parker, (laughs) Parker. That's like a play on words there. Parker is a really heavy chewer and we're so worried that he's going to wreck his teeth. Can the other doggy parents recommend what bones are the most resilient? And it was like a thread of like eight very passionate dog owners sharing their favorite brands. And like, I, I, I think about those like instances, like that's in my head, I was watching it. I was like, that's a blog post. That's yeah. a blog post. Or yesterday I ordered a $200 dog DNA kit because another dog mom said, I, I just did the dog DNA kit. And we just found out that our rescue is related to these other dogs that are part of the alumni group. And we couldn't stop laughing because like, no, they weren't from the same litter. And I was like, that is so cool. I, and so like I was influenced and I was like, this is the perfect blog post. Like, especially when you start to consider that some dogs have genetic stuff or like people always think that Declan is a German shepherd. And we're like, 
well, no, he's a shepherd husky mix and people don't believe us. But like those types of things, there's actually a woman and I, I almost don't want to say her name because I, uh, I don't want people to be like, what was Megan talking about? But her name is um, Savannah and she's a Facebook and TikTok ads person. I want to tell you her name. So um, she goes by Savannah Sanchez. Yes. And so the social Savannah, and if people are looking or trying to think about how they can integrate more user generated content, her suggestions, and it's so funny, because I think a lot of people don't think to do this, is I look at her suggestions for Facebook and Snapchat ads. And then I think about how we could use those for Pinterest pins. And some of it's like, and you just need to like see it, right? Like how she does it and her ad creative team. So I want to recommend that to people that if you're a product-based business and that's the only people she represents, right? Is product-based. Look at her ads, go to her Twitter feed. I think she has a huge Facebook community where people share creative. But if you're looking for video pin ideas or story pin ideas, it's like gold, absolute gold. And it's going to give you that sort of like, Hey, what can we do with that review? What can we do with that? You know, that kid playing with a toy or that puppy, like rolling around with that, like new indestructible bone, right? Like we ever, we're all looking for that stuff. We just want it. We just want to find it. No, I love that. I actually discovered her recently from some kind of an advertisement. I think it was a speaking event or something. Oh no, if someone was applied to be in the podcast and I was looking her up and I think she has a business with her. They do Facebook ad. And I think the girl who applied in the pot applied to be not applied. What am I talking about? Yeah. Um, Inquired. uh, Yes. She does like the Facebook ad um, design. So it's Lauren. I think her name is. Yeah. (laughs) So I actually follow Lauren as well, because she is, she works with Savannah. And actually, I think I emailed Lauren at one point to see if I could hire her because yeah, I love her stuff. She's great. They're they're both really, what's really interesting is they don't spend a lot of time. And this actually loops back with what I said earlier. I think why I was drawn to them is they don't spend a lot of time moaning and complaining. They spend a lot of time thinking, how can we make this better? How can we evolve with what? And they do, and they experiment with a lot of creative and a lot of formats that some people are risk adverse to, right? Like they they literally focus on their own thing, how they can get really creative with video to engage audiences instead of fussing over like, I'm so mad about the Pinterest changes or I'm so mad about the Facebook ad preferences, right? Like who cares? Let's move on. Think about how you can help people find you and buy your products. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I feel like you have to always adapt as a, especially a product business owner. You know, there's so many different marketing channels that are coming up and new ways to attract people. And just like what you were talking about with using user generated content, that's something that I have always really, really favored. And I do mm-hmm. with my clients, like use real video from your own customers. And that's mm-hmm. going to resonate more with people than you know, you showing up and posting a video of like, you were using the example of iced coffee, like here's yeah. my iced coffee, there's ice, there's cream, there's sugar Buy me. Like that's boring. That does not. Yeah. Work no. You show someone enjoying an iced coffee as they're sitting on their boring zoom call, but the iced coffee <laughs> or like, the busy yeah. mom who, you know, I'm talking about myself here, like the busy <laughs> who 
you know, is juggling her kid, her damn dogs, her husband being home. That catches your eye. Coffee, going through the drive through at Starbucks or my local coffee shop. For me, that's actually one of the highlights of my morning. And I'm not being being serious. You have to talk about the storytelling and the experience of what your product does for someone. It's not the product. It's like the experience, the aftermath of what your product does for someone, makes them feel, transforms them. Yeah. The first time I ever encountered that, and that was probably a real switch for me in terms of marketing and understanding, like I had to make that bridge from like creating content and being a content creator and like businesses would pay me to create content to understanding, okay, well, if I'm going to go in and help these businesses, where's the disconnect happening? And I'll tell you, it's the people who are like creative and focused on their customers and focused on their content they're natural storytellers. And then businesses are so obsessed. Like, you know, this paint is the most superior because we use the highest quality products. It is, you know, we have the nicest colors. Nobody cares. What they do care about is how that paint makes them feel, how it looks when it's being brushed on, how easy it is to use. I think that's like, you know, people really underestimate the the power of creating content that answers a question that your people have or like show something, right? Like I notice that, that like, I always think I stop and look at ads that catch my eye and like, yeah, like real life stuff, right? Like the overly curated stuff. I'm just like, that is not me. I'm a mess. I have a four-year-old. I have a large, very handsome, but stupid 18 month old dog who's a wrecking ball, right? Like we love him, but he's like, he's just makes bad decisions. And so when I see another dog, that's like, you know, kind of like goofy and like, you know, um, it's like, I always actually think like our dogs would be best friends, not Asha, but (laughs) his best friends are doodles. Like he loves like, cause they're big and goofy and silly. Oh yeah. He's like, best friends are all doodles because they're like, they're the only ones that can put up with him. But when I see dogs that like, you just naturally, like it gets your eye, right? Like cute puppies, real user generated content. And it's the same for Pinterest, which I think a lot of people don't, I don't know. It's like, they have a real fixed mindset when it comes to Pinterest. And it's like, Hey, if you're creating it for Instagram or you're creating it for a Google ad, try it on Pinterest. Right there. But they're like, Oh, but that's not the done thing. Who cares? What's it going to take you like one minute to upload it? Like you said, you download it, you upload it, set it and forget it see what happens. I agree. I think, um, and that was one thing I, I did want to ask you about. And, um, cause I think a lot of, again, too, I think there's a lot of misunderstandings about Pinterest and that's oh, why I love, huge. I love talking about Pinterest because one, it's done wonders for my current business, my past business and my clients' businesses, but two, like it's, you can repurpose stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think one question I get all the time is like, well, how do I repurpose stuff from Instagram? Do you want to just mention like, is yeah. how to repurpose? So funny. Cause if you'd asked me three years ago, I would have been like, no, don't do it. And actually I just saw a Pinterest strategist who I'm um, sort of who I've, I've met once or twice and she was saying, don't do it. And I actually disagree. So I think that if it exists on your website, always link to your website, right? Like number one is your website. You own that. That's where you sell your products from. But if you're creating content that's unique to Instagram, so it doesn't exist. And I work with a product-based business. They're sort of like a subscription. It's like curated, but anyways, that's, that's another story. So they 
often create because they're heavily invested in their Instagram and Pinterest marketing, but they sometimes create content just for Instagram that isn't backed up by a blog post or product link, but involves several products. So if that, like if, if anyone listening falls into that category, what I recommend doing then is thinking about it. And this actually brings us back to what we were talking about at the very beginning is like none of your channels operate in isolation. So they work together as like your marketing ecosystem and should run into each other to some degree. And I always call it like, it's like your ecosystem of influence. So I don't have a problem with people sharing content that leads to their YouTube or their Instagram if the content doesn't exist on their website. So if you have um, Instagram posts that are just like standalone content that you create for Instagram, that's totally fine. Pin to like link it, you know, pin it to Pinterest, know that once people leave Pinterest and go to your Instagram account, we can't track them, but it will help. Like I have people who are in my membership and they say that they, they cross promote or share repurpose content from Instagram to Pinterest. And it'll be like, the post is nine months old and they start to get likes on it. And they're like, that has to be from Pinterest because we know that people on Instagram don't generally scroll back more than two or three weeks max when they first start following you. So if something's from nine months ago, that's not coming from internally from Instagram. Now, if you do Instagram lives or um, anything longer format, again, anything that generates a unique URL can be linked to. So like your Instagram lives, your feed posts, now your stories and your reels, those aren't links. So what I would do is like you recommended, I would download those try to remove the watermarks if there are watermarks. Oddly, I'm in Canada, so we don't have Instagram watermarks on our on our videos. But if you live somewhere, um, I heard that wa- Instagram is watermarking stuff now, just the same way TikTok is. Okay. I don't yeah. know. But I just don't want this to be outdated if, if, if this happens to all of us in six months. So if you can, use an app, remove the watermark, and then upload as a video or story pin to Pinterest. So really just think about, and I know that when I'm content planning, I create, I, you know, come up with a blog post idea. I think about SEO. I think about my Pinterest keywords. Then I design two Instagram posts, a series of stories. I also make a cover for a reel and I make a YouTube cover. And so like I cover all my bases, but it's one idea and I, oh, and my email newsletter, but I adapt for each platform so that I'm like, I have all my bases covered now, mind you, like my, my things to do for YouTubers very long. And I have those, those covers are all sitting there waiting for me, but I, at least when I'm ready, I have everything ready. And then it's like, I'm not creating one piece of one use content. I'm creating a piece of content and adapting it for each place. And that's just smart business. I love that. I don't even, I don't, I'm like a hot mess with that kind of stuff. I, (laughs) yeah, different story, but um, no, that's amazing. And then just to kind of like wrap things up, this has been so amazing. I feel like I have, I could ask you like 500 more questions. (laughs) A lot of people will say, um, I'm too busy for Pinterest. How Mm. can I get management? And I know that you have a really big connection of people. 
Yeah. So I actually, so I used to run a management business where I did management and consultancy and I love doing that, but I, you know, after doing it for four or five years, um, I did start to realize when I wasn't taking on any more clients myself, people started saying, well, could you recommend somebody? And at the time I just didn't feel comfortable, not because they weren't wonderful people, but because I didn't actually know if they knew their stuff. So were they implementing best practices? What was the standard of quality? Like they weren't vetted in any way. So what I actually decided to do, and that's how you and I met, is I introduced a Pinterest coaching program for people who are either aspiring or scaling Pinterest managers, strategists, VAs. And so I actually do, it's not really, I don't publicize it that much. I have to do a website revamp, but I kind of am like a Pinterest matchmaker. So if you're a business owner searching for a Pinterest manager or a Pinterest strategist or someone to run Pinterest ads for for your business, you can reach out to me. We have a pool of amazing graduates who have different expertise in different areas. They've all been through my program. Um, And basically, I try to pair you know, someone who's looking for someone with two great candidates, and then they can set up a discovery call and get to know them and see if either of them are a good fit. And that has been really successful. I feel like I'm mostly just proud that I'm like, hopefully putting out really competent, amazing Pinterest managers, because I know it's one of those, those hires that people are a little bit leery of, because it seems less black and white. Um, And so if someone's coming for my program, you know that they've been through my coaching program and they've also gone through my, um, I have a signature Pinterest marketing framework called Pin Potential. So they've all been through that program. So if people are interested, you can just send me an email at info at meganwilliamson.com or reach out to me on Instagram and I'll pair people up with Pinterest managers who I think are a good fit. Yay. I love that. And then for people that may want to go through your program, I know you have an amazing membership. Maybe tell us about your membership a little sure. bit, how people can join if they want to learn. About yeah. It. So I run the largest actually Pinterest membership now, which I'm pretty proud of. It's taken a, taken two years, but we now have the largest Pinterest marketing membership. And it's a, like I said, it's a course housed within a membership. And the reason why I do that is so I didn't just want to create a course that would, you know, become outdated or that I I wanted to be able to evolve it. So with all the changes and all, all the different things that impact how you run your, your business, we, we have supplementary trainings. So the membership opens once every four months. I don't, it's not open all the time. So it's, it's basically ideal for people who want to DIY their Pinterest marketing, learn best practices, learn a system that works, get access to tools and Q and A's. And it's wonderful. If I always say it's like champagne taste on a beer budget, (laughs) but if people don't feel that they have time for a membership or the course, I also have a Pinterest marketing toolkit. So it's an amazing resource bundle that basically will save people time, give them access to tools that I've developed to kind of like take away the overwhelm, save them time, help them do their keyword research. So at least they can just get going and see if Pinterest is a good place for them. And that's available on meganwilliamson.com under Pinterest marketing toolkit. Okay. Amazing. Yes. I, and I can vouch for all of her stuff. It's, it's amazing. So <laughs> thank you. Go and grab that. Well, this is amazing, Megan. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Oh, for you're welcome. Sharing so much great information. 
Um, so again, one more time, can you just let people know where they can find you and where they can yeah. follow you? And yeah, of course. So it's Megan, MeganWilliamson.com is my website. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Megan A. Williamson. And then on Pinterest, I'm actually, you can search Megan Williamson, but you can also search Rojo's Nest, which is my original blogger name on Pinterest. Oddly, Pinterest won't let me change it. So I just stick with it. <laughs> I know it's like a strange quirk where people are like, what's that from? And I'm like, Oh, we need a bottle of wine to go like, yeah, back in the day I lived in a row house. And so, um, that's all back to my Belfast days. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. Yeah. I wondered what that name was about before too. Cause I feel like yeah. you use that as your examples. So yeah, that's my old blog name. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Megan. Again, this was amazing. And I'm, I am so excited for everyone to learn so much from you. And I know I got some, I mean, I have, I was like taking notes when you were talking. (laughs) Amazing. Well, thank you for having me, Carrie. I love chatting with you. All right. Thank you. Oh my God, such a good episode. Oh my God, I love Megan. She's so interesting. She has so much to offer. Love talking all things Pinterest with her. She, again, like she's had such an interesting background with Pinterest and she also is someone who really understands the big picture of marketing and not just one little part of Pinterest. Like she understands how to incorporate the content strategy, the blogging, the SEO, the keywords, how to create content that your audience wants and then how to leverage Pinterest to drive traffic, use it for lead generation, and kind of all the things. Um, You know, she's someone who literally works directly with Pinterest. She's getting information from the source and her, between her, you know, workshops and free challenges and her programs, she's just amazing. I think it's clear that I absolutely love her. (laughs) And she's just someone who, if you have a product biz and you want to like join a membership program, join her program. You will get so much out of it. Even do, she has these free challenges. I think they're five days. And again, so much information, so many people join them and you will get so much out of them. So anyway, loved having Megan on here. And if you are interested in my summer workshop series, we have a series of workshops. I just mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I'm just going to remind you again. The link is in the show notes if you're interested. They're amazing workshops. I love, love, love doing workshops. They're so fun. Um, I love engaging with you. And the best part of the workshops are that they are two hours long. The first hour is going to be on learning. And the second hour is going to be on implementation and questions. So if we're doing Instagram content you can ask questions like let's plan this out together. So love my workshop series. I'm really excited about it. So you can grab the all access pass below or you can sign up for individual ones. All right, guys, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcast and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.